Hi, welcome back to Agent Insider. I'm Andy Jewell. Happy to have you here with us today. We're going to talk about more things, insurance. We want to talk about claims, claims filing, all that sort of stuff. I have a guest with me today, uh, Gerald Bravo. Uh, Gerald, thanks for coming and being with us today. Welcome to our show. Uh, why don't you start off, just tell us a little bit about you, your experience in insurance industry. Yeah, so excited to be on. Uh, I've been in insurance now 13 years, and mostly the last majority of those 13 years has been on the commercial business side. So that's, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's not something that a lot of people say when you're talking about insurance. It's been <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of like, I tell people often is like insurance feels like you're going to the dentist and you're getting a root canal and no <laughs> Novocaine is used. So we're doing dentistry in medieval times is, I think that's a, you think that's fair? Like how most people feel about insurance? I feel like if you, I, I yeah, I think consumers feel that way about insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I think on the insurance, on the agent side, I, I mean, we, I enjoy, uh, being able to figure out how to get coverage for people, how to look at people's coverages and see what's good for them. I think the claim side of it, which is a majority of consumers, the claims and paying money. <laughs> right. I don't want to pay money and I just want you to cover everything. everything. So if I, you know, maybe what we could do to make insurance more fun and like where people would enjoy it more is we could convince adjusters that when there's a claim, they sign the check and then just give it to the customer and you fill in the blank part. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I've been looking for one of those policies. Yeah. That's, it's hard to find that guy. Um, so getting people coverage, I mean, that's kind of ties in with claims even. Um, so maybe we should start there and we could work backwards. Uh, what are we seeing in the industry as a whole, as far as how are claims affecting people's ability to get coverage? You know, when we talk about the industry, we're not talking about health insurance here. We're talking about uh, auto, home insurance, and business insurance. What are you seeing out there in the industry? Yeah. So, uh, you know, to your question, how are claims affecting people being able to get coverages um, and well, actually, just a couple of months ago, uh, I worked on a client called us up and said, hey, looking for insurance. And due to claims that they opened, uh, they were looking at like a 300% rate increase um, for a claim. Oh, 300%? 300%, three times, right? 300% Dang. Uh, their rate increase. And so finding coverage for them, it, it was essential because they needed coverage. At the same time, it was this like, how do we not buy insurance for 300 times more this year right like what's what are my, what are my other options could i just skip it this year and next year will be better right exactly i they were like if they, so just real quick on that thought when you think about the, the pre premiums going up 300 percent. now these were not your clients that no. they came to you yep. from somebody else they'd opened claims they got canceled now they're looking for options yep and everything that they're getting up three times. When you look at the claims that they filed, how did that, how did that pencil out? Were they still ahead in that balance sheet of what was paid out in the claim versus what it was costing them a premium? Yeah. So unfortunately, today, no. Um, at the time of the mm -hmm. claim, um, I think it made sense. I think in light of where insurance is now, in light of how claims are being viewed and handled with 
in the insurance in- industry. Unfortunately, now with that rate increase in the one year that because of that rate increase in one year, they're going to pay back how much the claim was paid out. Oh, and, snap. Yeah. And so that, so it was just a loan. It was just a loan. And, and then, you know, if, if for those that are listening, if, if you're unsure, claims typically last at least three years kind of being charged against you. Right. On your personal auto and home, it's three years. On a business policy, often it's five years. Right. So, so that, if they paid it back in one year, this was a business client for, of yours, right? Yes. So they paid back in one year um, the amount they got out of that claim. And now they're looking at it and going, we got a steep hill to climb. Yeah. For the next four years, you're getting penalized to some percentage. Um, and so to get back to where they were, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be, be going to be a long road. And that's something because uh, like when I talk to my to customers, I'm always like, hey, let's let's weigh this out because you can open a claim anytime. And I always tell them I'm not going to try to persuade you not to open a claim. If your insurance agent tells you you can't open a claim or is is not allowing you to open a claim, you need to talk to the company because that's that's actually illegal. Um, an, an agent should never tell you that they won't open a claim or that you can't open a claim. That's your right as a policyholder to open a claim. But I always tell my customers like, hey, before we open the claim, let's just do the math. Let's look at a balance sheet on this and say, how much are you going to get out of this claim? And then what's it going to do to your premiums? Uh, because it's going to make a difference on your premiums come renewal time to some degree. Hopefully it's not a three times uh, increase, but it could be. It could be. And, and so let's look and say, how much is this going to affect us? And does this make sense? Because the worst thing is you open a claim and you're in that spot, right? You go, okay, I opened a claim. I have a homeowner's policy. I'm paying, you know, maybe 1500 bucks a year for my homeowner's policy. I open a claim and I get $3,000 from the insurance company. Mm-hmm. And then my rate doubles. And so I'm paying it back. Plus, if I have another claim, now I'm even in jeopardy of getting dropped or canceled. And, and now I'm, I'm stuck trying to find insurance and nobody wants to insure me. And I, I've had that conversation with people where they've been with other agents that didn't, ha- didn't give them that upfront advice to say, hey, you should be thinking about whether this makes sense before you file the claim. And now they're looking around and go, man, if I'd known, I, I would have just paid out that that $3,000 instead of opening a claim on my homeowner's insurance. Yeah, I, that's exactly it. And I think we talk about this, so we're in the insurance industry for some time now. Um, and I feel like for the longest time, it was about trusting your agent to get things covered, which is still a crucial thing to make sure your agent is giving you the proper coverage. I think more than ever, especially in the this year, and it looks like for the foreseeable future, is do you trust your agent to give you proper information, to, to give you proper um, education on the landscape of what insurance is doing so you can then make an educated um, decision, not just on do I want to pay this much for certain coverages, but should I open a claim? Should I not open a claim? What is this going to do to my overall policies? I think that's, you know, talking about that of paying out $3,000, which which is hard pill to swallow, I think, in the moment, but compared to maybe your policy going up three times, right. just you're going to pay that and some then because your premium's going up. Right. And, and your premium's going to go up and oftentimes you're going to end up with a policy that has 
subpar coverages. Um, you, you used a word there, landscape, and it kind of caught my, my ear, my attention, because I was talking to an agent and she said, this year, uh, coming into 2024, experiencing a lot of disruption in the insurance industry in 2023, really with no end in sight to that disruption in carriers. So for instance, in California, you have a lot of major carriers that have stopped writing insurance altogether. Uh, they've, they've capped new business. Uh, wow. on, like State Farm is not, it wasn't writing new business. Uh, All State had stopped writing new business. Liberty, Travelers, Farmers was, Insurance was still writing, but they capped the number of policies and they were out of cap space within the first five days of every month. So there's just not a lot of, of, of hope there in California. Uh, we've had nine insurance carriers across the country in 2023 that went bankrupt, went insolvent. In Florida, carriers have canceled, their po canceled policies and pulled out of the state, multiple carriers. So she, she said, she's like, this, this year, 2024, it looks like, looks like a hellscape for insurance. And I was like, <laughs> that's harsh, but probably true. Probably some truth to how that feels compared to where we used to be. We used to be in a situation where carriers were competing for our customers' business. So we were, we could go to carriers and be like, hey, this is the customer I got. This is the quote I got. Can you beat it if you want to earn the business of my customer? And, and they would actually compete for that. And now they're like, yeah, that sounds good. You should just stay where they're at. Yes. It, yeah. It's, it's weird. I, 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 19 years in the business, I've not seen it like this. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's an agent in South Dakota. He's been in the business for 43 years. And he said this is the hardest insurance market he's ever seen. Wow. So it's definitely different. It's not business as usual with insurance, which I think is why it's important to talk with an agent about what that landscape of, of insurance is and how does that affect you? How, how is that going to change the decisions you make when it comes to filing claims? So I think, so I, that, I think that kind of segues into the claims filing itself. If I'm a cons consumer, how, do, how should I be looking at my claims? Like I, the, the wind blew my roof off. Do I file a claim? Uh, the, the wind blew my fence down. Do I file a claim? I had a frozen pipe. Uh, it is going to cost me a couple thousand bucks. Do I file claims? What kind of uh, rule of thumb should I use if I'm a business owner and, and I'm looking at that and saying, well, that's going to cause my rates to go up. Do I just never use my insurance? Like, why then do I have it? What, what would you suggest as kind of guidance to people to be thinking about when they're looking at claims? Yeah. So I think my, my first conversation, I, I think, would be more than ever, we should, and, and I'm including this as a homeowner, as a household that has cars and drives. I think more than ever, maintenance and just being aware of your property is very important. Last thing you want to do is, you know, you avoided putting anything on your roof for moss killer. You avoided maybe touching up some paint on your house because you're like, I'll get it next year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, it does it sometimes in the moment you're like, oh, it's not worth doing it. Well, and I hate to climb up on my roof. Like that right. just sucks. I'd been a weekend. Yeah. Like two weeks ago, I did that. I was, I was, my wife was like, you should put some, and I was like, oh. 
It's raining outside. It's gross. Right. It's fall. I should have done it in July when it was nice, but I didn't. But then when I climbed up there and I got my, my can of moss killer and I realized like, Oh snap, like there's way more like little moss along the seams that I thought. Right. And and you do recognize like there is that sort of stuff. Deferred maintenance creates a lot of problems down the road that you could have hundred dollars of, of moss killer at, you know, uh, the hardware store on the weekend and spending an hour climbing up on your roofs could have saved you a claim and the headache of all of that. Right. You, yeah, exactly. And then, and then. When it comes to actually having to think about filing a claim, something does happen on your home, something happens, you know, car accident or some, um, you know, you accidentally hit something that was crossing the street, like a deer, rabbit, um, and you're now thinking of like, okay, what do I do now, now that there's damage? Um, again, I, and I would, I would kind of point as I'd point back to that, you know, you have to have an agent that you trust that is giving you the information that you need. And, and ultimately, kind of the way we discuss insurance at our office is, you know, we're, we're going to look at the overall cost. What is the actual damage? And at that point, we are really pressing people to consider if it is a blow that you can sustain, if it's something that is not going to bankrupt you um, or set you back, you know, a year's worth of waves. It, you should strongly consider, again, in the landscape of where insurance is now, to, can I pay this out of pocket? Um, and ultimately, we were talking about this earlier, you're also looking at it as a three-year cause and effect. If I right. file a claim today, for the next three years, let's just say it goes up 15 to 25%, what is the difference there then, right? Because if you're going to just pay, you know, the insurance company's going to pay maybe $5,000, which is a decent amount of money. But then in the course of it, you're going to get canceled and pay an extra 3000 every year for the next three years. You're actually going to go backwards um, in, in what it looks right. like. Right. Yeah. You're not coming out money ahead. And I think that's a really good point. What you said there is what can you afford and insure yourself and file claims for the things you can't afford, right? Insurance should be there to take um, a bad day and keep it from becoming a bad life, mm -hmm. right? But it's, but there's sometimes there's still going to be bad days in life. So for instance, I was, I was getting a cell phone. Um, so a year or so ago, I was at the, uh, mall, uh, the mall kiosk and getting a cell phone, which is the next worst thing to getting a root canal is having to deal with the <laughs> cell phone guys. And, uh, yes, love any cell phone people that are listening to this, but it's not fun. And uh, he was like, well, you're an insurance. We were just making small talk. And he's like, you're an insurance. He's like, so you're going to buy the insurance on your cell phone, right? And I was like, no, nah, I, I don't think I will. He's like, well, why not? Don't you understand the value of insurance? And I was like, well, I do. I understand that if I break my phone, it's going to suck, right? Like to buy a new phone is going to be, you know, 500 to $1,000 to go buy a refurbished phone because I'm not going to buy a new phone because I already screwed up and broke my phone. And that sucks, right? That's going to that's gonna be a bad day. That's going to put a damper on my week, maybe on my month, right? Where we go, that's, that puts us back a little ways. But that's not going to bankrupt. Right. That's, I can afford to, to absorb that cost. What I can afford to absorb is, you know, it's wintertime right now. Um, ice is, there's ice on the roads. Talking about a big winter storm coming into our area. 
And if I slide on that ice on my way home tonight and I T-bone somebody and I get sued for a million or $2 million, that will bankrupt me. Right. Like I don't have, I don't just have a couple million dollars sitting in my sock drawer in case something bad happens, right? That's my emergency. Maybe some people out there are there like, hey, well, that's fine. Like, <laughs> but my emergency fund is not $2 million sitting there in case I have a bad day. That's what I need to be insured for. Right. If, if my house burned down um, tomorrow, I don't have the funds to just rebuild my house without it setting me back. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a significant impact to me financially. So I need to have that insured. But if my gutters blew off, that's going to suck. Right. And that, but I could fix the gutters, right? Like I can, I can spend a couple thousand dollars to get my gutters fixed. I can't spend $500,000 to have my house rebuilt. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, you know, not to segue off of this is uh, for insurance and all that, but I think ultimately kind of leads into like, you should be planning financially. Okay. If you don't have it right now, if you don't have a savings of a thousand dollars or $1,500 or, you know, whatever, like it is something to be aware of because of the landscape of insurance to, to turn in small dings and dents here and there is ultimately going to actually cost you a lot more than you sitting down and figuring out how do I save 1500 bucks over the course of the next six months so I can pay for some of these. Um, I'll, I'll kind of be honest with your, your listeners. I opened up a claim. I felt like at that time it was worth it. Um, now I'm probably going to, I don't know if I'll pay more than the claim, but it's going to break even. <laughs> right. Now your now your wife is like, what did you do? <laughs> right. Um, and so and that happened last year when the industry didn't look terrible. I mean, I think we right. kind of had some signs of like, okay, it's gonna get bad. Um, but now looking back, it's like, okay, I I, I maybe should have covered it. <laughs> should have just paid it. Right. Well, and I'm in the I'm in that same boat. Um my my staff was giving me a bad time because uh we have an accident and then I, I would use the towing insurance on my vehicles. I have several, a bunch of cars. I got kids, young drivers, um, keys get locked to their cars. We've used our towing probably more than the insurance company meant for us to use our towing. And, and typically that would never be a problem. But even just that this year yeah. uh, is going to be a problem. And, and my insurance policy is going to be affected and I could be having to change insurance companies and going into a high risk pool because I've had too many tow claims. Right. It's, and, it's and I was crazy like, right now. I was like, that's, that, that would never have happened, you know, you know, two years ago. Right. Um, you know, for the last 19 years, that would have never been a thought I would have had as an insurance agent that towing insurance claims could affect my policy. And now we're in a spot where it does. Right. Yeah. Which is just being, but, being in insurance for this long. It's just like, wow. Okay. This is a crazy market that we're all unaccustomed to. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and that goes back to your, to your point of that we should have some emergency money set aside. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that statistically speaking, they say Americans are $500 emergency away from bankruptcy. And that's scary. Wow. That's scary. 
if that's true, um, I don't, and I know it's based on a lot of uh, uh, statistics and scenarios. They've looked and said the amount of money that Americans have in savings now is the lowest it's been in like 20 years. And so if, if we're in that spot, if you're in that spot as a listener where you go, yeah, I, I, I don't have $500, I would challenge you, look at your budget and see what it is that you can cut in order to build a reserve fund because it is necessary. Uh, regardless of what's happening in the insurance industry, just in life, there's things that come up. Mm-hmm. From an insurance perspective, I'd say, yeah, you need to have a couple thousand dollars set aside if you own your own home that you could take care of issues. But even outside of that, if you're like, well, I'm renting, so I don't, it doesn't matter. Like there's, there's deductibles on health insurance that become problematic. There's, you know, a car breaks down that's not covered on insurance because they don't cover it if you, if your car just wears out, got old. So there's a lot of scenarios where you could go, I need that $500. I need a thousand dollars. I need it today. And if you don't have that money in reserve, you could really financially hurt yourself in the long run. And, and you put yourself a lot further back when now you're taking out high interest loans, you're putting money on credit card and it's hard to dig out of that. So I would, I would just challenge you. If you look at your own bank accounts, you go, I don't have a couple thousand dollars set aside in my emergency fund. Do what is necessary. If that's no more eating out, if that's canceling Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime, whatever it is, like all of those things individually may not seem like a big deal, but they all add up and you have to make some hard choices sometimes and do what's necessary in order to build your reserve so you're in a position of strength mm-hmm. when something happens, right? And I think that's what's important is, are you in a position where you're at the mercy of an insurance company, you're at the mercy of charity, or are you in a position of strength to say, I can take care of this. Something bad happened and I, and I got this. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think that's, it's hard. It's hard to do, um, it, but it, like you said, it's, to to think about it that way, and I, I like that word to be in a place of strength. That's really good. Yeah, I I'd like to have you join me here uh, for another segment on talking about insurance when it comes to commercial, because that's kind of what we started out, and we've kind of delved more into the personal lines, which I think is super important because people need to be aware of how does and how do the claims affect your auto insurance, how do claims affect your home insurance, and and what are the things you should look at. Um, I'm not telling people don't file claims. It's something you should talk to your insurance agent about, talk to your representative about or your company about, but be aware that how you file claims really impacts your premium moving forward. So, so try to figure that out first. How much is my premium going to go up if I file this claim? And then also eligibility. And that would be the next question I would ask is if I file this claim, how does that affect my likelihood of being renewed by my company? And all of the companies, if you go to their websites, will tell you if you file too many claims, it's going to jeopardize your policy. Question is, what is too many claims and what kind of, how many claims have I already filed? So those are things to think about. Uh, I really recommend you talk to your, your, your agent, your representative at your company about those things. If you guys have questions, feel free to email me. You can email me at agentjewel at gmail.com. So that's agent, A-G-E-N-T, jewel. J-E-W-E-L-L at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Had a blast doing this and we'll look forward to talking to you guys soon next time. Have a good night.